approached and asked in a hushed voice, "'Have you an appointment, sir?' "'No,' said Rollison, "'but I have an aunt.' "'I'm afraid Lady Gloria Hurst,' said Rollison. "'Take her my card, please.' He handed his card to the woman, who looked doubtful, but obediently turned away. Rollison waited until she went upstairs. He heard whispering voices from the room which led off the hall, and had no doubt that the three elderly ladies had left the window and were now nearer the door. He could not understand what had possessed old Glory to come to live in such a place as this. A club for elderly widows and spinsters, it undoubtedly served an admirable purpose, but it seemed an odd environment for his Aunt Gloria. Another maid appeared. Rollison looked at her with surprised attention, for she was the youngest creature he had ever seen within the precincts of the Marigold Club. "'Are you Mr. Rollison, sir?' "'Yes,' said Rollison. "'Lady Gloria would like you to come to her room, please. Will you follow me?' As he followed the girl, Rollison reflected that it was the first time he had been taken beyond the dining-room or the lounge. He was favourably impressed. There was nothing here of the dingy atmosphere of a man's club, yet there was nothing ostentatiously modern and bright. Comfort and good taste were reflected in the passages and in the rooms which he could see through open doorways. Aunt Gloria, it appeared, lived on the first floor. She was sitting in the window at a beautiful Louis Quinze writing-table. Rollison noticed with another flash of surprise that the large, airy room was exquisitely furnished. Duck-egg blue walls and carpet, fragile period pieces, long curtains at the lofty windows, everything struck a pleasing note. Even his Aunt Gloria. "'Well, Rolly,' she said, offering him her cheek. Rollison did his duty. "'Well, Glory,' he answered, and stood looking at her. She was as tall as he, dressed in mannish tweeds, with her plentiful white hair piled up in regency fashion. There was something attractive about her full lips, faintly outlined in pink. He thought also that rouge accounted for some of the colour in her cheeks. "'Sit down, for heaven's sake,' said Aunt Gloria briskly. "'I suppose it's no use offering you coffee at twelve o'clock?' There isn't a very good cellar here, but I can run to a whisky and soda. She rang the bell. This must be the only club in London which offers really good service, said Rollison, sitting down in an easy chair and drawing it closer to hers. She pushed a silver box towards him, and he selected a cigarette thoughtfully. You have been exerting undue influence on Jolly, he declared at last. "'And you've ordered him to tell me nothing about the conspiracy.' "'He gave her a light. "'Is it fair?' he added, his voice rising to a note of grievance. "'What makes you think that?' demanded Lady Gloria. "'I know you, and I know Jolly. "'What is all this about a birthday party at the flat? "'Why must I advertise my age? "'I'm too near forty to brute it abroad. "'Good gracious!' exclaimed Aunt Gloria, and they call women vain. Evasion will serve no purpose, said Rollison. 
I think... He broke off, for the door opened. The young maid brought in a tray with whiskey, a siphon, and glasses, and put it on the writing table. All right, Maud, thank you, said Aunt Gloria, and the girl went out quietly. Did she guess what you wanted? demanded Rollison in pleased surprise. I told her what to bring if I rang, said Aunt Glory. Help yourself, and I'll have soda with a splash of whisky. She sipped thoughtfully. What is remarkable about having a birthday party? Yours used to be one of the events of London. Aha! So you do admit that you put Jolly up to this? Aunt Gloria gave a small, dry smile. We have talked about it, certainly. So you think that Jolly alone is insufficient to order my life? said Rollison.